Welcome to another faith-building message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. For more information about Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. Thank you, Lord. God's good, right? And uh, it is. It's a wonderful thing to be back, back in the house of God and uh, to be sharing on this theme, uh, The Faith-Filled Life. And uh, this book I wrote, the very first book I wrote, Faith, uh, would be one of the themes that I believe God has called me to live and to preach. And so every one of us have got a life theme. For some people it's mercy, it's social justice, it's various things, it's church building, leadership. I'm involved in some of those, but at the core uh, thrust, I believe, that is so desperately needed in a world that we live in today is faith. If there was ever a time that you needed to plug into a different language and a different mindset, it's today. And that different mindset is one that you get from heaven so that you can rule in this life. Because the things that you are hearing on a daily barrage to your thinking are conditioning your mind into a negative framework, into a small thinking framework, into a fearful framework. So we hear about climate change. We hear about marriage breakups. We hear about recession. I mean, it's almost like the, we're, it, people are wanting a recession to come to pass. I've been told ever since I arrived in Sydney that the property boom is going to, the bubble is going to burst. I've been here for 40 years and it hasn't burst anything like what the, the predictions were saying. It's going to be all of the house prices will be half what they are. It just seems it keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, and, and if you think one day I'll buy a house when, or when we have the big bubble burst, I'd, I'd say just don't wait. Just go for it. And, and you'll, you'll find that as you step out, God will look after you. Don't believe the negative. Don't believe that things are going to get really terrible. I've been told that, that, that the ocean is going to wipe out all of Coleroy. When we first came here, it was meant to happen in 1990 or something. And it didn't happen then. Then the Warragamba Dam was going to dry up and never have water ever again. And, and we keep getting told a pile of negative things that have so-called supports around them. But there is another source of information that you can plug into. There is actually another report that is news that comes from heaven, and it's in your Bible. And every day you can read a different report to the one that is trying to condition your thinking into an anxiety, depressed, fearful state of living. When you start reading the Bible, faith is going to come into your spirit. You're going to find overcoming attitudes are going to come in there. The ability to forgive and to love and to rise above all the things that are trying to trample you down into the dirt will come out of the Word of God. And so that is what we are actually looking at over this, uh, over this series. I want to take you to a passage in Philippians. And it's, it's here that Paul says, and understand he's in prison. The boy is in prison. And he says, but I want you to know that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. It might seem like a, an innocuous verse. I mean, what's that about? But he says, the things that have happened to me, it's turned out okay. So what does that really mean? Well, number one, his context is he's in prison. 
He's in prison and he's chained to soldiers all day long. They're on four-hour shifts. They used to be on eight-hour shifts, but they had to shorten them to four-hour shifts because every soldier was getting converted. And they were hopeful that that would lessen the number of conversions. So he is writing to the Philippian church who have supported him from day one. They've sent him offerings and said, we want to support you. Not all the churches did this, but the Philippians did. And he was writing to them saying, I want you to know that your support for me, even though you think now he's locked up in prison, why would we still support him? Why would we still stand with him? Because he can't go out and preach anymore. He can't go out and wander through the streets and have revivals in cities all around Europe like he's been doing or throughout Asia. He's now confined. And when you're confined, other people are controlling you. You're controlled when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you eat, what you can do, what times of rest you can have, what kind of books you can read, if you can read any. Everything is controlled by another. You're under the, the, the controls, the manipulation, the coercion. You're at the will and disposal of other people. And he is saying, but I want you to know, Philippians, that the things that have happened to me have not limited the gospel. They have not stopped the furtherance of the preaching of the Word of God. If I had never come to prison, I would never have been able to reach the palace because the prison was underneath the palace and the whole of Caesar's household had come to Christ. He had a, he had a connect group that included all the, all the palace guards. You remember the Praetorium who in the gladiator, they all came out and they stood around Caesar when he was there? Remember that in the movie? They all got saved. The whole lot. He said, the Praetorian God have come to Christ. He reached the highest level of authority in the entire world. The things that have happened to me are not that bad. They've actually turned out pretty good. I want to take you to some other things that happened to Paul, which are, which are unbelievable. If you come with me down into 2 Corinthians, uh, you'll read here of a list of things in verse, chapter 11, verse 23. It says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. I've faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. It was forbidden by law to give anyone 39 lashes more than once. The worst of criminals that were known in that world may have received them twice. No one in recorded history is known to have had the 39 lashes five times. The gorges across his back, his back would be unrecognizable. It was a whip with bits of shell and metal woven into the lashes. It would be ripped open time again. When Jesus had it happen to him, which was once, they said the bowels were exposed, the inwards of the, of, of the back of, a, uh, of his stomach and all of those areas within became exposed because the flesh was ripped away. This happened to Paul not once, not twice, not three times, five times. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. You didn't stone people to torture them. There was only one reason for stoning, and that was to kill them. It was a, it was a fatal death penalty form of, form of execution. So they would stone him until he dies. When you read in other passages, there's two other passages in Scripture which indicate Paul died. He says he was taken up into heaven and he saw sights that are unlawful for us to, to know about. So he, he doesn't speak about them too much. And then it says the disciples dragged them out of the city and then raised them from the dead. They dragged them out as one dead and he got up again. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. The things that have happened to me, they've worked out okay, he's saying. He had a faith attitude. It didn't matter what happened to him. He said, all things are going to work together for good because I love God. All things work together for good. Romans 8.28 says that, the, that it doesn't matter what things happen. Now, things are things. They, they can be anything. But I can guarantee that no one in this room has had the measure of things happen to them that Paul has. And yet he is saying, all of these things that have happened to me have worked out pretty good. How can you say that, Paul? Look at what's happened to you. Why aren't you bitter against the world? You serve God. Why didn't He treat you better? Why didn't God protect me? I'm just going to go over in the corner of the cell and soak. I'm going to write letters and ask for sympathy. I'm going to let everybody know how hard it is to serve God. I'm going to let everybody know that He doesn't really come through when you need Him to. I'm going to talk about all those mean Christian people who said they were believers and they were not. I'm going to talk about all the times that I've been let down. I've been forsaken by all my friends and my, my people who've gone around telling lies about me. The Judaizers who wrote letters as though it was from me, signed it Paul and sent it to the churches and said the resurrection is past. Jesus is not coming back. All these people who criticized me and put me down. The Romans, my own countrymen, who beat me with wrath, whipped me unjustly five times with, with, a, with, a, with a cat of nine tails. He could have gotten like that. How many people do I know who for one little offense in their life, one tiny little word that was spoken against them on Instagram, somebody unfollowed them for goodness, oh God, how bad could that be? I got a little, I got a thumbs down on a Twitter. Oh God, that person, I'm fixating on how evil they are. There's got to come a point where the things that happen to you are affected by your attitude 
to turn out all right. People, you have to know, you have to know that beyond your attitude about what is happening to you, there is a, there is a legacy you will leave in the world. And you can decide now whether it will be a good or evil. Paul had no idea at all, no concept at all that his attitude about being in prison because he had a positive view about it was going to affect not just a few hundred thousand people in Rome, not just a few hundred thousand people in the churches of his day, but all the letters he wrote in that prison have brought billions of people to Christ throughout all the centuries that you and I live in and are affecting us more than any other writer in history today. He wrote it all in prison. He could have soaked in a corner, blamed God, and been bitter against people, or else he could have said, I'm going to have a faith attitude. I'm going to believe that the things that have happened to me are going to turn out for good and not for evil, that God is going to use my situation For good, I'm going to learn a new kind of language. I'm going to learn how to speak God language in the midst of disaster, in the midst of things that were beyond my control. Things happen to all of us. We have no control over the things that happen to us. He had no control over it. But he decided, I'm going to change. When I wrote this book, I wrote a story in there, which I was looking for before, and I couldn't find it. But let me tell you, but you, some of you may have heard this story before, but bear with me. That there is this captain, very arrogant ship admiral. <laughs> I'm not sure if you say it all like that, but he's the, he's the right rear admiral of the Queen's Navy, Winterbottom cruising through the dark night, sees a light shining, gets on the radio, crackle, 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 and says, whoever that is, adjust your course. And the radio crackled back, adjust your course. He said, oh, I better let them know who I am. I am the right rear admiral of the, the Queen's Navy, Lord Winterbottom. Adjust your course, or I'll have your job. So, crackles back. Well, my name is Jim Smith. I'm the keeper of this lighthouse. (laughs) Adjust your course. (laughs) Some things are unmovable, people. You want everything else in the world to change. And then you'd be okay. But maybe here this morning, you could go on a a journey searching for your faith switch. And say, I'm going to change my attitude this morning. Things may have happened to me, but it's going to work out just fine. Instead of me complaining about it and excusing my behavior by what has happened to me, I'm going to actually accept responsibility for how I respond to what goes on in my life. I've said to some people, look, you, you know, 
You don't have to behave like that. And they go, they've said, well, you, don't, you haven't had what happened as that happened to me. If you only knew what had happened to me, and, and, and if it happened to you, you'd be just the same. I go like, no, that doesn't have to be like that. We, we're trying to explain or excuse ourselves by what has happened to us. We can't see that there's any way around it. We think, no, I'm stuck like this. I'm broken. I'm busted. Something is damaged within me because of what has happened to me. If the level of betrayal and hatred and injustice that had happened to Paul had happened to us, would we have come back with that, hey, it's all worked out okay for me. It's all working out just fine. Because that is where he changed his world. You might say, well, I haven't got that kind of faith. None of us have. We, you only need a little bit, Jesus says, just the size of a mustard seed, and you can move an impossible mountain. You don't need a lot of faith. But the Bible says every man has a measure of faith. Every woman has a measure of faith. There's no one in this room who does not have faith. It's there. All that is needed is a decision to activate it, to get it moving, to say, okay, today I'm going to start believing. Instantly you will see all of the obstructions that would be there in the way of you having to do that. Listen to me. As soon as you believe God, you see a way. You might say, I can't see how I could ever make that happen. As long as you keep saying that, you're living in negativity. You're living in doubt and fear. But if you say, I believe it can happen, if you say to me, but I can't see how it's going to happen, my answer to you is, you're not going to see how it's going to happen until you believe it's going to happen. But how can I believe it's going to happen unless I can see how it's going to happen? That's where you just trust God. You walk by faith and not by sight. Because once you say, I believe we can do it, you will see a way how it can be done. As long as you believe it can't be done, you'll see all the reasons why it can't be done. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the language of heaven. We live in a world that's giving you all kinds of news. Negative news, fake news, all kinds of news that is designed to, to, to appeal to that negative part of our nature. Good news hardly sells at all. Maybe a story about a puppy dog that got saved out of a drain. Yeah, that'll be one. Maybe, maybe a couple other stories, but the rest of it is just going to be negative stuff. And our, 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 our brain, our emotions, for some reason, are attracted to that. So we need to take an, make an intentional move away from that and train our ear to hear what the Word of God is saying. That all things are working together for good to those who love God. I want you to learn a new language today. It's called the language of heaven. You're a citizen of that place. You're a citizen of heaven. And so the law start to talk and walk. The walk of heaven becomes the call of every one of us in Jesus' name. You know, uh, Paul... Yeah, for all that he went through, he found that he could summon that faith into the most negative of circumstances because he understood that being a believer does not inoculate you against bad things happening. So he says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 to 10, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, 
But we get up again and we keep going. When you, when you understand there are going to be storms, there are going to be difficult circumstances, but they are not designed to take you out. They're designed to strengthen you and put you in. Chris was saying we, we, we go sailing every now and then. That's, I have a skipper's license, and I can sail boats anywhere in the world if I want. So I've been in some terrible situations with a bunch of people on board. And even though I'm trying to look calm, I'm thinking this is, is pretty disastrous. 35 knot winds, which, which are strong winds. That's when you've virtually got white foam all across the ocean. And we're on anchor, not sailing, on anchor. And, I'm, I'm, and then I look back, because we're in a harbor, look back over there and there is a retaining wall like 200 meters away. So if the anchor gives out, we're up against the wall within, within seconds. So I, I go under and look at 100 meters of chain that is coming out of this 60, 60, 60 foot boat. And I'm, and because the water's clear, I can, I can see what's going on with the anchor. It's about six meters down. So I dive down, do a bit of decompression, and I look at this anchor to make sure it's actually in, in, the, in, the, in the surface of the bottom of the ocean, you know, because sometimes it just drags across the top if it's too hard. So I'm, I go down there sometimes and dig it in, make sure it's in. And, and, this, and the more the boat pulls, the deeper this anchor gets if, if the holding is right. It is one of the most astonishing miracles to watch when I'm down there looking at this anchor holding in the sand and the mud and, and the wind is blowing that boat. 35 knot winds and it goes like this. And you think, how is that even holding? And you look at this long chain, looks so small. It's this thin chain going and it withers, it withers and waggle, waggles, woggles, whatever the word is. Wiggles, yeah, like this. And I'm watching this and, and I'm thinking, how on earth is this heavy boat being held there by this tiny little pick in the mud and it's holding on with this chain? I want you to know that no matter how strong that wind is blowing in your life, your faith in God is going to hold you together. You're not going to crash. You're not going to go down. Your boat's not going to fall to bits because that anchor is called the anchor of hope and you've put it in God and He will secure you so that no matter how strong the situation is that's coming against you, you're going to hold fast. It may seem like a small anchor. It may seem like a very thin chain but it'll hold. It's designed to hold. And all God is asking you to do is say, switch on your faith, and you're going to find yourself believing God and coming through. Now, just coming to a, to a close here. In Acts six, uh, Exodus 6, verse 9, there's a, an interesting scripture here. Would you put it up on the... So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel... But they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So this is, this is a difficult situation. When, when you've gotten your hopes up 
and it didn't come to pass. You expected one thing, and it completely failed. It didn't work out at all. That can be a moment where you can say, well, you can preach all you like about this positive stuff, because I've talked with people who, who find it so hard to believe. They've had disappointment. But you need to understand the ways of God. Number one, He always takes longer than you want. And number two, He loves to show off. He loves to let the problem get to a point where only God could fix it. Where you're saying things like, I'm at my wit's end. This is impossible. And, and then God is there. That scripture is talking about when Moses was speaking to God on the back of a desert. And God said to him, Moses, you're going to take the children of Israel out of slavery, out of 400 years of slavery. He said, how's this going to happen? Now, you've got to understand, this is an 80-year-old man talking to a bush that's on fire. Now, it's weird enough when you start talking to a bush, right? I'll tell you what's really weird, when the bush talks back. <laughs> the bush is saying, you go. He said, what? who's sending me? The bush says, I am sending you. He could have said, that's bad grammar, but he just took it, okay? Okay, I am. Uh, how will they know that it's you? He says, oh, I got a couple of things you could do. Take your stick, put it on the ground. It started to wriggle like a snake. It became a snake. And he said, pick it up. And it became a stick again. He said, whoa, that's, that's not bad. He said, okay. He says, here's the second one. Put your hand inside your coat. Put his hand in his coat. Oh, leprosy. He says, stick it in again. Oh, healed. Ah, oh, that's, that's good too. So he says, okay, I'll go. So he goes to the elders of Israel. He says, hey, elders, I'm going to set you free. Tomorrow we're, we're out of here. Yep, we're going. Isn't that good news? They'll go, whoa. They start, they start dancing, doing all kinds of things. They stay up all night. And, and they say, go, Moses. Yeah, that's awesome. We've seen the things, the wriggly stick and the, and the leprous hand. Yeah, this is good. So he goes off to, he goes off to the king of Egypt. He says, hey, king, uh, <coughs> we're, we're, we're going. Yeah, see you later. Uh, Three million Israelites, we're not going to build your cities for you anymore. No more free labor. He said, why would I let you go? He says, because of my wriggly stick. Look. <laughs> he says, if you don't like that one, check this one out. You know, like, the king laughs at him. says, what? You're joking. As if I'd let you go because of those things. He says, in fact, I'm going to make it worse for you. I, I'm going to double the amount of bricks you need to make. I'm going to halve the resources that are available to you. And I'm going to tell the taskmasters to whip you twice as hard. That actually happened. So the next day, everything was worse. The next day, on the first, the first attempt to get set free from slavery, it got worse. It's like that first day you decide to go on a diet. You're hungry by breakfast. You've eaten three cheesecakes by morning tea. Is the day you're going to give up smoking? I mean, you've smoked the packet even before you thought about it. Because the grip tightens. 
The grip, the grip tightens when you say, I'm going to get free of this thing. And instead of it getting better straight away, it can get worse. And at that point, they gave up. They said, we're not listening to you anymore, Moses. Your words don't come to pass. It's just not true. But they didn't understand the ways of God. If you can understand the ways of God, you won't get so disappointed when things don't work out exactly how you think they're going to. But you'll find that in the process, in the journey of God bringing you into that deliverance and into the answer to that prayer, you're going to find yourself understanding God a whole lot better. But more importantly, you'll develop character in here. The character of faith that in the spite of difficult circumstances coming against you, you're going to keep believing and say, the things that have happened to me have turned out okay. It doesn't matter what's happened to me. It doesn't matter how bad it is, how deep it is, how long standing it is. It's going to work out okay. You can change your life today simply by picking up that thought and saying, today I'm going to orientate myself to a different way of thinking. I'm going to learn a new language and I'm going to speak that language into my world. Instead of echoing the things, the negativities and the fears that I hear all around me, I'm going to start echoing heaven. You're going to hear heaven in my words, heaven in my voice because the Word of God is unfailable. It's unfailable, friends. It's going to work every time. Just hang in there with it. Hold on. Let that anchor stay in the ground. Your boat's not going to blow away. Thanks for listening. You can order any of Pastor Phil's resources at philpringle.com or at c3store.com. We are always encouraged to hear the stories of great decisions you have made and the great things God is doing in your life. So if you have a story to share or if you have a prayer request, please email us at podcast at myc3church.net.